Hello everyone, this is the Red-Headed Preacher coming to you with the Sunday, October 30th message, and I want to say that I'm grateful for everyone who listens, thanks for tuning in, and we've got a special message today connected to a baptism that happens just earlier in the service, and in fact the scripture is called, uh, the sermon is baptisms, colon, grace, faith, love. And uh, it's a little bit shorter uh, because of a baptism. When there's a sacrament, um, I try to shorten the message a little bit so that we can finish worship close to an hour, if not some over, not too much over. And uh, our elector is Judy Page, our uh, former, just former vice president, head of the Bar Board of Elders, member of our choir, and um, I look forward to preaching this here at St. Peter's in Skokie. Skokie is a near north suburb of Chicago. In fact, I live in Chicago. My wife, my wife and I live in a neighborhood called West Rogers Park. And uh, this message is, mostly comes out of the epistle lesson. When I picked the scriptures, I wasn't sure just where this homily on baptism and at one point we were also presenting a Bible to our third grader but his mom came down with COVID and that changed <laughs> they're not being here today um, so that will just be another day but it was uh, part of the sermon title and it was originally part of the sermon and part of why I picked those other scriptures so, but you get to hear them anyway anytime we get to listen to uh, God's word as it comes to us in the scriptures is, is a good good time, good one, good day. And so uh, let me send us into the next part of our podcast with a brief word of prayer. Holy One, Eternal One, you who knew us before we were born somehow, and you will know us after we physically die for as our faith receives your grace, we trust to be with you in that home with many mansions or many dwelling places, and that where we will be with our triune God by your grace. Bless this time of listening. May we get out of what we hear what you want us to get. If there's something you want us to share with someone, help us to discern that and also the time and method that we share it. These are all blessings that we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. Amen. Our first reading is Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave this guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, 
the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. This ends the reading from the Psalter. Our epistle reading is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and verses 11 and 12. Grace to you and peace from God our oh, pardon me. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith during all your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. To this end, we always pray for you, asking that our God will make you worthy of his call and will fulfill by his power every good resolve and work of faith, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This ends the reading of Paul's letter. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the gospel? It is Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that could be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Here ends the reading from Luke and the scriptures for today's service. Many decades ago, I was at an Amy Grant concert. The other Christian singer-songwriter who played first was a guy named Gary Chapman. They later got married. Gary sang a song that he wrote called Sincerely Yours and commented, that he was still working on giving himself sincerely to God. A simple, almost formulaic phrase at the time, an aged phrase that he took seriously in this case. But I imagine that most people did not linger over it if someone ended a letter to them that way. Sometimes major stuff can be packed into just two words. And we ran into that this very morning, too, didn't we? More than once. One example is when Melissa and Andy answered the first baptismal question by saying, we do. Considering the magnitude of their pledge, that's a mouthful. Another instance is from Paul's letter, which we heard Judy read. The second verse goes, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's almost... And get, now let's get to the meat of the, of the letter or something like that. But it's a good one to stop and spend a little time with that one sentence. Grace to you. Grace to you. Three words conveying a universe of blessed proposition and reality. Grace to you. 
I recently reread the story of a black South African widow who spoke with the Post-Apartheid Truth and Reconciliation Commission. She addressed a white police officer named Mr. Vanderbeck, who was on trial. The court found that he had come to the woman's home, shot her son at point-blank range, and then burned the young man's body on a fire while he and his officers partied nearby. The woman's husband was killed by the same men, and his body also was burned. A member of the commission turned to her and asked, So, what do you want? How should justice be done for this man? Well, what would his, this wife and mother say in the face of such murderous cruelty that further caused indignity to her husband and her son? There remains. I want three things, the woman answered confidently. I want first to be taken to the place where my husband's body was burned so that I can gather up the dust and give his remains a decent burial. My husband and son were my only family. I want, secondly, for Mr. Vanderbeck to become my son. I would like for him to come twice a month to the ghetto and spend a day with me so that I can pour out on him whatever love I have left. That is truly a breathtaking request. We can finish her sentence starting off, I would like for him to come twice a month to the ghetto and spend a day with me so that I, fill in the blank, so that I can get him to feel the crushing poverty I live with, so I can have him feel the full void of my loss with no husband or son, so that I can have him feel every distrusting eye scrutinizing him as the minority in our community. But no, she finishes her request with, so that I can pour out on him whatever love I still have. And finally, I would like Mr. Vanderbeck to know that I offer him my forgiveness because Jesus Christ died to forgive. This was also the wish of my husband. And so I would kindly ask someone to come to my side and lead me across the courtroom so that I can take Mr. Vanderbeck in my arms, embrace him, and let him know that he is truly forgiven. That is grace from human to human, inspired and taught by Jesus, Son of God. Grace be to you. Sola gratia, says the Latin form, by grace alone. That was one of the themes of the Protestant Reformation. We are saved by grace alone, God's grace that we know in Jesus Christ. Russell was just baptized into the faith of God's grace in Jesus. He has just been baptized into this faith in grace, into the body of Christ who teaches and tries to model that grace for all. Now, the United Church of Christ is an extension of the Reformed tradition, capital R. In fact, this church used to be an evangelical and Reformed church uh, before it became part of the United Church of Christ and the merger in the 50s. And uh, speaking of the Reformed tradition, and it will come to baptism, Cynthia Rigby wrote, Reformed theology does a great job of emphasizing grace in a world that is so often graceless. 
But grace, as Reformed theology teaches, is not in the business of being exceptionally kind. God is not simply kinder, let's say, than the kindest among us on our very kindest day. Grace is something utterly disassociated from merit. Following Scripture, she says, Reformed theology teaches not that God gives us more than we deserve or something we do not deserve at all, but and I underlined this, but that God has claimed us as God's own entirely apart from our worthiness or unworthiness. Meaningfully, she continued, to move through one's days with a cognizance that one is saved by grace and grace alone takes attention and practice. It also takes the support of a community to pray and worship, study and discuss in fellowship with other members of a congregation positions us to become increasingly mindful of how unalterable of our unalterable identity as children of God. When we know we are God's beloved, irreplaceable children, we are able not only to survive in a world that is relentlessly measuring our worth, we can also work to change this world into one that more clearly manifests the kingdom or the reign or the realm of God. She says we can more and more come to see others also as irreplaceable, treating them accordingly, living differently together as members of the beloved community. End quote. Russell has been baptized into this grace. We represent and are supportive community of which Rigby spoke and in which and in whom Russell and Clayton are to grow up knowing themselves as children of God by God's own sacramental claim, working, as Rigby says, to change this world that more clearly shows forth the reign of God. I don't know if uh, Melissa will remember this, um, but uh, in confirmation, I sometimes describe someone sinking in quicksand and a hand has reached out to him or her to pull them out. And that hand is God's grace offered to us. Faith takes hold of that hand, trusting it will pull them out safely and successfully. Faith receives the grace that God constantly offers and surrounds us with. So we have pledged together that Russell baptized is to grow up with an understanding of the Christian faith. And faith is a living and a growing dynamic. It is something that Paul got excited about. We must always give thanks to God for you because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. When we say something like, I believe in my spouse, or I have faith in my brother. It means we know them and are convinced about their reliability, their integrity, in who they are. It's not that they exist. I believe, you know, that my wife exists. I believe in her. It means so much more than that. So it ought to be when we, and hope to hear Clay and Russell confirm grow up to affirm, I believe in God.
I believe in Jesus. Grace to you. We give grace to you. We give thanks to God because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you is for one another is increasing. It's not standing pat. It's not pressed on pause. It's not camping a tent. The love for one another is meant to increase, like the faith is to grow abundantly. Being baptized into the Christian faith and Christian church, where we celebrate and live out the grace of God, means that he is baptized into a community of love for one another. A love for one another that is meant to be increasing, and dare I say, is increasing. Now, grace and love are very similar. Paul famously wrote that if we do all this good stuff of the Christian faith and self-sacrificial stuff, but do not have love, it's worthless. Jesus said people will know we are his disciples by the love we have for one another. Loving the neighbor, loving our God, and, and, uh, and loving ourselves, those are the two greatest commandments put together. Love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two great ones. But followers of Jesus also know that Jesus said we are to love our enemies and pray for those who use us. That does not mean that we are to feel warmly toward them, but to do good, to good, to do good under, un, unto them even if we aren't feeling loving. Because love is more than emotion. Love, in drawing to a close, Love, I think, is something we learn. We pick it up. The Spirit of God nourishes it to grow and bloom in our minds and our hearts, hands and voices and bank accounts. Faith, hope, and love remain. They stay, they abide, they stick around. But the greatest of these, Paul said, is love. Love like how God loves us in Jesus. Love like this. Grace like this is what Russell is now joined with and into the company with. We have a responsibility to show and share it. Alleluia. Amen. And may grace and peace and faith and love be unto you and to those you care for and those who care for you, your community of faith, wherever it is, and whoever it's made up of, grace and peace, and faith and love. I will be on vacation the next two Sundays, November 6th and November 13th, and so the next Red-Headed Preacher podcast will be November 20th, which will be from November 20th. And that's a special Sunday in the life of our church's tradition, where we mark Totenfest, which is kind of our version of All Saints Day. And it's also Thanksgiving Sunday, and the last Sunday before Advent begins. So, until we meet again through the podcast, may God bless you, and God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. 
You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much 